Hello, and welcome back to another edition of your Acacia Covered podcast brought to you by CapFed True Blue, our corporate sponsor here at Acacia Covered. And uh, you might have noticed that we uh, we skipped a week on you, but uh, that's because we are going to come at you uh, hot and heavy here the next for the next month as as we have entered championship season for the winter activities that go on not just sports but activities uh you know we kicked off uh, with state scholars bowl this past weekend we jump right into state swimming this weekend state wrestling next weekend then state bowling and state basketball and uh so the uh the onslaught of of postseason activity is here upon us uh we are uh, definitely, uh, you know, feeling feeling that as we uh, try to keep up with everything going on here in case you covered. But uh, we're going to first uh, kind of take a look back at Scholars Bowl and what happened at those state uh, state tournaments last weekend. And uh, Scott, you had a chance to uh, to go out to a couple of different uh, different uh, Scholars Bowl state events. Uh, you you got to catch the uh, you know, Hall of Fame induction for Dave Shelley uh, down at Wichita East at the Class 6A and then went up to the Class 4A to uh, to catch the finals there. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, we're going to just default to you as our as our Scholars Bowl expert uh, for this past weekend, uh, you did the roundup that appeared on our website uh, this week already, uh, highlighting uh, each of our state champions this year. So we'll let, just let Scott kind of kind of step in as the captain of our Scholars Bowl team here and, and to take it away. Yeah, yeah, Scholars Bowl expert. I like the sound of that. That's uh, nothing could be further from the truth. But uh, yeah, here I am. But yeah, it was. Uh, uh, a lot of the Scholars Bowl, most of the state Scholars Bowl tournaments were actually about an hour from uh, from my place in the neck of the woods. So I I spent a lot of time chasing those around. Seven state tournaments, uh, six of them right around the Wichita area, and then Frankfurt being the exception, hosting the uh, 1A Division One tournament. Uh, three of the tournament hosts, uh, Wichita East in 6A, Wichita Collegiate in 3A, and, and Hutchinson Central Christian in 1A Division Two. Uh, end up taking the championship trophy uh, down the hallway as tournament hosts and putting it in, in their respective trophy cases. So uh, uh, not re- not really hospitable host, I guess you would say, in, in those instances. But no, that everybody did a really good job from what I saw. And as you mentioned, I attended a couple of the tournaments, uh, first for the Class 6A uh, opening ceremonies at Wichita East, where uh, retired Scholars, Schol- Scholars Bowl coach uh, and teacher Dave Shelley uh, a Spanish teacher, uh, belovedly known as Senor Shelley, uh, was recognized for his induction into the Keisha Hall of Fame uh, at East last weekend. And uh, Shelley Scholars Bowl teams qualified for state all 27 years that he was the coach. And, and uh, to show that the program is still in pretty good hands, uh, Zan Tolbert, his successor, takes his first team and goes out and, and wins the title. They defeat uh, City League rival Wichita Northwest in the final, winning the school's sixth uh, state titles. Uh, kind of a unique situation. The Blue Aces actually switched out five of their six players who won uh, the Derby Regional. Uh, had had five newcomers at state and and didn't miss a beat. Uh, just just goes to show the the amazing depth of talent uh, at Wichita East. They have about thirty five to forty kids in their in that compete in the novice and junior varsity and varsity levels and and basically uh, just had one regular from from the regional who went on to state and put put them with five new players and and they didn't miss a beat. Uh, they they go through the tournament and and I think. Uh, end up beating uh, Wichita Northwest, very good Wichita Northwest team in the final. So, so Wichita East, the champion, Northwest finishes second. Uh, Washburn Rural uh, wins the third place match, defeating Free State. So those are the top four finishers 
uh, in 6A this season. And then uh, in Class 5A, just to stay with the, the Wichita City League theme, uh, the, the, those teams competed in Hutchinson, and it was another all-Wichita City League final. And, and oh, boy, just another Holy War matchup as, as, as Cape of Mount Carmel uh, avenges a preliminary round loss to Bishop Carroll and, and defeats the Golden Eagles for their for their sixth state title. Uh, Cape had opened the tournament with a one ten to forty loss to Carroll and then lost ninety five to twenty to to DeSoto. So zero and two whole zero and two right off the bat. And then uh, they come back to win the rest of their matches and and knock off Carroll fifty to forty in the final to to get that title. Uh, so Capen, Carroll, and then Salina Central finishes third and DeSoto fourth to to round out the top four. Uh, in Class 5A at Hutchinson. Uh, you mentioned I went up to McPherson <clears throat> for the Class 4A tournament. That was at McPherson Middle School and and got there uh, in time to see Jim Barnard's Eudora team walk on stage to a Led Zeppelin song. They had walk-up music at, at the 4A tournament. And and uh, so they, they take the stage to the immigrant song and, and then defeat Bishop B.H. 45-40 to 40, uh, to win their first state title. Just a really cool touch uh, at that tournament by tournament director and, and McPherson Scholars Bowl coach Ricardo Sanchez to have the finalist uh, choose some walk-up music for the showcase matches. Uh, Miege goes with some Pink Floyd and, and another brick in the wall, which which we all know the hot button lyric to that song. We don't need no education. So when when that blared out, everybody had a pretty good laugh when the when the Stags t- took the stage. Uh, uh, but as for the competition, they're very tight. Uh, it was for Eudora at its regional uh, tournament, and then at state uh, last year, state champion uh, Lewisburg goes five and two in pool play. Uh, four other teams, including Eudora, go four and three. And uh, unfortunately for Mulvane, the, the Wildcats were, were left holding the short straw in the tiebreaker, so they don't get to go to the to the uh, bracket semifinals. Uh, but in the final four, Eudora gets its first win of the season over Lewisburg, so actually a big hurdle to clear there uh, for for the Cardinals. Um, you know, knocking off the defending state champions in the semifinals, and then uh, Miege defeated Rose Hill. And uh, in the final, <clears throat> Miege had 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 beaten Eudora in pool play, and they took the took the early lead. But uh, uh, Eudora was really strong in the in the math and social studies categories, and they come back and answer three straight questions to take the lead and eventually lock out the Stags uh, from winning. So the the four A top four goes like this: Eudora. Uh, Miege, Lewisburg finishes third, and then Rose Hill. So congratulations to, to those teams. Uh, in Class 3A, as uh, Brent recapped in the, in the regional uh, roundup, it was definitely an eye-opener when, when Wichita Collegiate wasn't the regional champion out at Blue Stem. Uh, Heston took that honor. Uh, but as I found out, it turned out Collegiate was missing some players at the regional due to illness, and even their coach wasn't there, uh, Peter DeVries, for the, for the regional. Uh, everybody was back for state. Uh, in the tournament the collegiate hosted, and, and whoa, uh, the Spartans tore through the the preliminary pool play. They scored ninety points in four of the five matches there. Uh, then in the championship round, they win uh, their five round round robin matches by by over eighty points per match. So uh, collegiate wraps up its state best twentieth uh, Scholars Bowl champion championship, and and its eighth uh, or wins one for the eighth consecutive year. Uh, southeast of Saline and Prairie View and, and Caney Valley finished the top four there. Uh, just but congratulations to Collegiate, another dominant performance at State and, and a great season uh, that included their four straight victory. They won the Bishop Carroll Tournament of Champions in, in early January, and that's a that's one of the bigger meets in the in the Wichita area. All the six A and five A finalists competed in that one. Uh, Two A runner up Wichita Independent was there, so uh, Collegiate. 
puts itself up out there against the best, uh, you know, throughout the season and, and ends up winning in a, a, another state title. <clears throat> and then uh, in 2A, uh, the 2A tournament at Mound Ridge, you know, there's kind of another emerging dynasty of sorts with uh, Salina Sacred Heart. Uh, the Knights win their third consecutive 2A title. Uh, a lot of hard, hard-fought matches this time for the Knights, uh, who lost to Sterling in both the, the preliminary round and the championship round. Uh, but Sacred Heart goes four and one in both both po- portions of the tournament. Uh, wins a head-to-head matchup with Wichita Independent. That proves to be uh, its ace in the hole as, as both teams finish four and one in the finals. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, so Coach David Green's team uh, raises Sacred Heart's overall title count to five. Uh, with independent uh, tournament host Mount Ridge and, and Hutchinson Trinity completing the top four. Uh, the Class 1A Division One tournament in Frankfurt uh, goes to Mankato Rock Hills, you know, a program that's been banging on the door uh, of the state title for the last few years. The Grizzlies had uh, a couple straight third-place finishes, uh, took second to, to Hodgman County last year, and this year it was it was Rock Hills' turn. The, the Grizzlies go 4-1 and one in the preliminary round. They lose to Little River uh, in the early stages, but in the finals, uh, avenge that loss. They did lose to Hodgman County, which Hodgman County was the the champion each of the previous two years. Uh, but Hodgman County goes three and two in the in the round robin finals. Uh, Rock Hills goes four and one uh, to take the title. So congratulations to to Coach Chris Ray and and Rock Hills on their first state title. Hodgman County takes second, uh, and then Southwest Kansas gets into the act with Elkhart finishing third and Satana uh, taking fourth. And then finally, in, in Class 1A Division II, uh, Hutchinson Central Christian wins all 10 of its matches uh, to capture its first state title in 11 years. And, and as I mentioned, the Cougars do it at home. Uh, their closest call came in their very final match against center. Uh, but uh, junior Nathan Reed answers the year in review question to, to give Central Christian a 25-20 victory that, that completes a 10-0 run through that tournament. And uh, clinches Central Christian's third uh, state title in its program history. So uh, Central Christian also wins the Heart of the Plains League and, and regional titles, so an outstanding season for, for Coach Kara Moore's team. Uh, Beloit St. John's finishes second in, in 1A Division II. Uh, Wallace County takes third, and, and center uh, finishes fourth. So uh, that puts a bow on all the state tournaments from last weekend. And, and uh, just congratulations to all, all of you uh, incredibly – intelligent, talented competitors out there. It's really cool to see you do your, do your thing. Thanks for that roundup, Scott. Uh, Ralph Hip would be uh, very proud of you for, uh, for summarizing there the, you go. Uh, <laughs> the Scholars Bowl action the way, the way you have. Uh, a former Scholars Bowl participant as well, right? Uh, that, they, they called it high Q back in the day. That's how old I am. So if you're, if you're an old <laughs> Scholars Bowler, uh, those were from the high Q days. But uh, yeah, back at, uh, did a little bit at Eureka and, and Augusta High Schools back in the day and really enjoyed it. Yeah, so we had nobody better to tackle this uh, <laughs> this story than than Mr. Scott Pass. Uh, you, you can spell that with a high Q, I'm sure, some, yeah. some way too as well. <laughs> but uh, yes, congratulations to all the uh, all the state champions and all the participants. Uh, you know, it, it's it, I'm sure it's a fun setting. It's a it's a great. Uh, it's a great tournament, and just uh, the the amount of intelligence and knowledge on display is is truly an an impressive thing. And so, congratulations to all of them. And now we will take a take our turn our attention to uh, state swimming, which comes up this weekend. It's boys' uh, season this year this this winter. Um, we have the boys' championships will be held at uh, Hummer 
at the Capitol Federal Natatorium here in Topeka. And uh, they've actually started the diving competition today as we speak. Uh, you know, Class 5A divers have already hit the, hit the pool. Class 6A divers will hit it a little bit later on as they get some of the diving preliminary rounds out of the way on Thursday before uh, tomorrow starting the, uh, the, the preliminaries for swimming and then wrapping things up on Saturday. And, and uh, we got uh, Class 6A and Class 5 through 1A uh, action and looking at to this we'll start with class 6a and mac uh you know the heavy favorites almost across the board uh in class 6a will come from the kansas city area you wrote about blue valley north who's the uh overwhelming favorite i would say to win the state title this year uh early in the season you wrote about them and then uh in our state storylines uh, that just came out yesterday uh, you wrote a little bit about uh, Shawnee Mission East, which is a consistent power in Class 6A. But from the Kansas City area, you know, it looks like uh, they've got a shot at really doing some great things all the way across the board, both as teams and individually. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think uh, part of that conversation earlier in the year with Blue Valley North was uh, definitely about, uh, you know, particularly Coach Rob Cole uh, looking at, well, Shawnee Mission East always finds a way to close that gap. Uh, but as you look at the results, as you got later in the season, that really just never happened. And it wasn't just Shawnee Mission East. There wasn't another uh, a team that's really uh, started to, to push them, no matter uh, you know what the meet was. Blue Valley North is just uh, really has uh, enough of the top swimmers and uh, enough enough depth that it's going to be really difficult yet. You know, for for a team to to be able to to match them here, and you know, obviously, uh, as is true every year, you have to get out in the pool, you got to get the job done. But you know, just uh, on paper, uh, it's looking pretty good for Blue Valley North heading into this state meet, and then you know that means that it's really going to be that you know that battle for second place and uh while maybe Shawnee Mission East didn't do the traditional uh you know just late storm back that they've they've done you know for at this point decades being able to to make sure that they are swimming their best uh going into the the state meet but they they do have uh you know uh, enough talent particularly with the relay teams and then you add in you know the thing that kept them in the race last year at the valley north uh were the divers they don't have quite as many this year but uh still having uh peter steck schulte and 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 braden roberts as as two guys definitely in the top 10 uh right now looking as as if uh, Steck Schulte has a chance to maybe win uh, the 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 diving event as well, so uh, those will be points that maybe some of the other top teams that are competing for those team trophies don't quite have uh, w from that event alone. But uh, you know, you start looking around and it's it's not going to be easy for for Shawnee Mission East to, to get that team trophy which they've done at this point 12 straight years of being a top three team uh they've done it 19 of the last 20 years and uh in that in that time uh you know 11 of their I forget the number 17 or 18 uh program state championships uh during that time so uh they they get the job done at state and even when they're not able to to bring home a, a state championship they're generally in that top three and uh they're going to be you know trying to fend off you know teams a couple from Brent's area with with Washburn Rural and in, in Manhattan but also uh Blue Valley uh Northwest um Olathe East and and Blue Valley West which has also been uh, you know a 
perennial state contender. Uh, those are all teams that they, just looking at the relays, you can see that they have uh, teams that can get those points and be able to, to keep themselves in that team race. And then once you start looking at the, the individuals, it's always tough to, to figure out until we have these psych sheets. So now I got this pulled up on my computer and I'm just trying to weed through all these events and figure out, all right, who stayed in here? And, you know, ones that don't surprise you, uh, uh, ones like Grady O'Connor uh, sticking with the, the, the 50 free and the, the 100 free uh, or the, I mean, 100 free and 200 free as he's done in years past. Uh, you know, he's he's pretty obvious, I think, from talking with him after, uh, you know, he had it brought home his, his double gold last year. Uh, just he wanted to come back and he wants to to break those records right now for the hundred freeze at 45.78 and the the record is you know it's it's 44.15 so he he would have to shave a lot of time to get there but that's been something that you know he wants to do and you you have to imagine when he's out there for the that event he's going to just be booking it to to try to get it um and then in the the 200 free uh a, a minute 40.42 and and the time right now is is 138.72 uh so again he's got to shave it but you know once you get out there and you, you do it at the state meet and you're facing the top uh you know swimmers in 6a good chance for for that and so you know be on record watch because i know that that's uh his biggest goal right now is to to, to knock those out and you know as i i mistakenly said 50 free that's because that was another event where he had the top time in and you know sure enough he he didn't make the switch he kept with the events he's been in which uh leaves it where that 50 free is probably the most intriguing in 6a uh just who's going to be able to get that one because uh you know right now uh the top five uh all under 22 seconds and they're all really close together tight pack uh and and and, and again, with, you know, having uh, that top time from from Grady being about a second uh, ahead of that group, you know, it just kind of uh, I think we knew it was going to happen. But seeing it on the psych sheet, and knowing that now uh, that the I mean, even through the top, probably eight, there are, are guys that can be right in that mix uh, to 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 you know be able to to push definitely for a top three finish but uh that's going to be one where it's going to be hard to predict who comes out with the the state championship and in, in, in that event um and then you know you look at uh a few of the other ones uh you know uh i think the 500 uh free is another one uh that's probably the the most likely shot for a shot emission east kid to 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 get a, a gold in an individual event. Uh, Jack McClellan is right there. He's just barely trailing uh, Jack Miranda of Washburn Rural uh, for the top seed time going in. And so uh, that's another one where, you know, it just also just the, the style of that race where if you're really close together and just a few seconds off, I mean, it, that that one's tough to tell. Usually, you know, sometimes there might be a front runner that you just know is going to finish, you know, five seconds ahead of everybody. But when you have a group that tight, that should be a very interesting uh, one to, to to see what happens. And then, uh, you know, looking through, I think uh, probably interesting from the the seed times is 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 seeing the the hundred fly, uh, Micah uh, Churchill for Blue Valley Northwest. Uh, he's at fifty one three seven. But that's still just the second best time behind uh, Brogan Meyer of, of Washburn Rural. So uh, I, I know with uh, it, it, last year, 
Churchill took one gold and 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 went home with one silver, and that's going to be a big thing for him. Is uh, can he get that double gold? And you know, it, it'll be very tough to to try to chase down Meyer in in, in that race. And you know, I, I, there's a bunch more that it going through, but just looking at it right now, uh, I, it definitely seems like based on the times and looking at the the psych sheets that that race for the the second and third uh, place in the the team trophies. Uh, it's 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 going to be a, a fun one. Maybe it might look, you know, if, if things go to chalk and, and Blue Valley North is the clear leader for, for first place, it's going to be a heck of a race for, for who can get those next two team trophies because uh, a, a lot of great swimming out there this year in 6A. Yeah, and, you know, from my area, it, it had been kind of a mundane season and it really hadn't had a whole lot of uh, – guys really putting their names out there on the top 25 performance list when you look at uh, the Centennial League and United Kansas Conference and in Class 6A. Uh, you know, Washburn Royal, I knew, had some good, solid swimmers, a group of seniors that have, have kind of stair-stepped their way up into having some success. But, you know, they only had a handful of them placed last year. Jack Miranda, the senior, uh, was a third-place finisher in the 200 and 500 freestyle last year. But then there was only a handful of, of uh, placers, top eight podium finishers last year, but and then this year their times were just kind of, kind of you know middle of the pack. You know some guys here maybe up in the top four, maybe top five, so they're mostly top ten to top fifteen. And then I went out to the league meet last week, and I, all of a sudden it was just like the 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 switch flipped. I in fact I accused uh, I accused the people at Capfed Natatorium of maybe putting the the bulkhead out a little bit shorter, maybe at 45 instead of, or at 20 instead of 25 uh, yards on there where they, they made their turns because it was, it was record breaking action just across the board. It started with Manhattan's 200 medley relay. They break their own meet record. Uh, the foursome there of all juniors who have won the league title in that event. Now three straight years, they all, they won it all as freshmen. And then uh, came back as, as sophomores, set the league record, and then this year broke their league record by two seconds with uh, Max Steppensmeyer, Willow Graves, uh, Ethan Ballman, and Samson Stadler. And then after that, Rural just went out and just had a great meet. Uh, Will Powell gets the 50-yard 50, 50 freestyle record. Brogan Meyer gets the gets the 100 butterfly record and then their both of their freestyle relays set set meet records as well and all of a sudden now Washburn Roll goes from being kind of back in the pack lurking to now they're in the spotlight uh, going into the state meet uh, you know Mac mentioned it Will Powell leads that really tight uh, 50 freestyle field he he swam a 2171 at league but you know right behind him is Manhattan's Mariano Palacian at 2177 you got Gabe Cavan of Shawnee Mission Northwest 2178 uh, Zach Tahutek of Shawnee Mission North 2183 and then Jack McClellan of Shawnee Mission East with a 2193 so uh you know Powell goes out there and pops a really good one but now he's right in the thick of it uh Miranda takes advantage of a of a really nice swim in the 500 free to take the top seed in in that event uh just ahead of jack mcclellan so it'll be interesting for mcclellan because he's going to swim the 50 and the 500 and you really can't can't have a much greater disparity of uh of swims than, than that on the day going from the 
the the fastest of the fast to the uh, to the set, steady pace of the of the distance event. So uh, kind of an interesting for Shawnee Mission East Jack McClellan to to pull that double, and then uh, yeah, Brogan Meyer has the top seed in the in the butterfly based off of what he did at, at league, uh, and you know he'll be trying to hold off Churchill last year's state champion in that event, uh, and then and then the the relays, Manhattan's the two hundred medley relay jumped to the top of the state, uh, rural and Manhattan, their 400 relay jumped to number two and three behind blue Valley North. So, uh, you know, Manhattan and rural, if they can recapture what they did at, at the Centennial league meet, um, you know, they, they've got a shot at really making some noise this weekend at the state, uh, at the state meet. They don't have the depth that the teams like blue Valley North, Shawnee mission East, Olathe East, uh, some of those teams have, they just don't have that many bodies, but what they've got, they've got quality in, in, in their fewer numbers. And so if they can, they can do some damage with, uh, with their individuals and, and have some really good relay swims, they can certainly find themselves in the hunt for a top three finish. And, uh, you know, Miranda kind of benefits a little bit from Brock Wallace's decision. Uh, Scott, you know, the Wichita Northwest kid who uh, was a state champion a year ago, had plenty of uh, plenty of ways he could go with his uh, his state events this year. He was far and away the leader in the 500 free. Ops to ops to go uh, some other directions, but uh, he's going to be a guy worth watching this weekend as well. Yeah, it's a, when you look at the Wichita area and 6A, it really does start with with Brock and and uh, you know Wallace is a three time medalist in the 200 yard individual medley and the 100 backstroke, having won both last year at state and and. Uh, uh, you know, this season he's been doing really well in those events again. But but as, as you guys alluded to in the 500 free, he really he really was rolling in the 500 freestyle this this year. He had two really good times. The latter was six uh, A's top time at 441.5. He swam that at the Wichita City League meet. Uh, just missed a 40 year old uh, league meet record there with that time. And uh, you know, I asked him a couple times after Christmas <clears throat> if a change was pending because he he just looked so good in that 500 free and. Uh, you know, both times he, he kept his cards close to the vest and uh, it turns out he will stick with the old standbys. Uh, you know, he ri- he ripped off a league record and, and state best 154.69 in the 200 IM a couple weeks ago. And and he probably is going to be locked in a battle with uh, with Micah Churchill from Blue Valley Northwest again uh, in that event. Those guys went one, two in the in the 200 IM last year and and they've qualified as, as one, two uh, going into the meet this year. And, uh, you know, the backstroke which he won last year figures maybe to be even even more interesting uh wallace's qualifying time of 52:49 in that event uh is a tick behind uh, blue valley northwest junior john christensen's 52:35. christensen was a freestyler last year at the 200 and and 500 uh events and and this year has gone to the back and and uh uh, he goes out at, in, at the Eastern Kansas League meet and rips off that 52:35 here, uh, you know, earlier this month, and and so that figures to be one of the better head-to-head battles uh, in in the 6A meet. But yeah, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned just those the decisions those guys make, and it looks kind of it, it kind of looks like these guys that have multiple options have ended up sticking with their old standbys. And and uh, you know, Wallace, the, the Cleveland State signee, who just had an outstanding meet last year. He decides to go that route again uh, this year, and, and uh, you know those those individuals can be influencers in that in that you know in, in that team race, and uh, you know Brock stands pat with what he's done in the past, and and uh, uh, you know probably heads in as in the favorite in those in those events again, but but I don't I wouldn't say either one of them is uh, well you know both of them neither one of them will be a cakewalk for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. It would have been interesting to see if uh, Brock could have maybe chased that state record in the uh, in the 500 free uh, 431, which, you know, I think he was about nine seconds off of that with his best time of the season. But, uh, you know, he definitely uh, you always see a, a huge drop in time at state in the 500 free from what you see from the regular season. But uh, instead, he's going to go for the double. And, you know, it looks like, like you said, with that uh, with that backstroke, there's going to be a challenge in keeping that title. And maybe that's what he saw. You know, instead of going out and and handily winning that 500 freestyle, Hey, I'm going to accept the challenge of uh, maybe trying to to beat Christensen uh, in this, in this hundred backstroke and defend my state championship and, and, uh, and go after that. So uh, that'll be a great race to watch Uh, the breaststroke. uh, Also a good one to watch with a, a really a, a kind of a new name, Jack Punswick, uh, comes in and with the top seed in, in that one with a 59.95, he's the only guy under under a minute in that uh, in that race, and so uh, you know it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see if anybody can chase him down. Willow Graves is, is about a not quite a full second behind him at a 100.83. Uh, he had a great uh, great race at league uh, the other day too, and so um, so some great races on tap in Class Six A, and and then we'll also have Class Five A. Uh, over at uh, Cap Fed Natatorium, and Scott, we'll we'll jump back to you because uh, Class Five A seems to be a, a a Greater Wichita area invitational in terms of uh, the the favorites to go after the team titles down there this year. Yeah, this, there's really been four programs that have you know kind of been near the top or at or, at or near the top the last few years, and it, it starts with the reigning champion Andover. Uh, in five through one A, they won the title last year. Andover Central had won a couple uh, preceding that, uh, and then Collegiate, which not Collegiate's always strong, or always has strong individuals that really can score big points. And, and then Cape and Mount Carmel has won the last three City League champions, which their championships, which is you know just uh, with all the success that Wichita East has had in, the, in that league over the years, uh, that you know that Cape, that just goes to show that Capen is on a really nice run. Uh, but but Andover's, I, I certainly think, has the you know they have the depth to uh, to defend that title, and, and they've really had uh, you know some guys emerge and step up even more from what they did last year. Senior Eli Connor has had a great year; uh, he's really emerged as a top-notch freestyler, and and uh, you know just to show Andover's depth, um, you know he, he leads a strong trio in the in the hundred freestyle. He's got the top time, top seed at forty-seven seventy-seven. Uh, his teammate, Senior Ian Diefenbach, is second. Uh, at 48.92, and then uh, the freshman Brad Zeiser comes in third at, at 49.17. So there's there's one event that that Andover really has the potential to to pile up the points. And then Connor uh, is also swimming the 50 freestyle, and he'll he'll go up against a, a really good one in in Wichita Collegiate. Derek Yang uh, Yang finished second in the 50 and 100 free last year to to May South Reagan Richardson, and and uh, you know Derek's just an outstanding team leader for Collegiate, and has has been really good in the pool this year. Uh, Connor actually got him in the 50 free a couple weeks ago at a meet, but they, but Derek comes in uh, with the state's top time uh, in five through one a Connor is second. And those guys have had, you know, the 50 free is just, <clears throat> it's always a great race anyway. I mean, it's just, just the nature of it. It's, it's fast moving, it's fast action. And those two uh, really look like they could, they could be headed toward a, to one final high school head to head showdown uh, in that event. And then uh uh, you know, so Yang is the is the favorite in the short sprint. He's bypassing the hundred freestyle this year and, and going to the hundred butterfly and 
And, uh, you know, I swam 51-38 in that event and I think leads the qualifiers by, by more than, you know, two and a half, three seconds. And, and so, you know, he, he, he makes he's one of those guys who makes a decision to go to go another route and and not not compete in the events that they competed in last year so Derek uh uh you know still just a just one of those <clears throat> versatile swimmers who no matter what what event he's in he's he's figures to be near the top and and certainly goes in as the favorite uh in the in the 50 free and, and the 100 uh, butterfly this year uh just some other individuals who who you know, from which area that can really make a difference. Andover Central's Jackson Lee's the number two qualifier in the hundred fly behind behind Yang and and the two hundred free. Uh, he's also the number two qualifier there. Jackson's just one of those swimmers that's been around a long time. He's part he was part of those state championship teams for Andover Central and and uh, uh, is one of the one of the good leaders for for the Jaguars. And then uh, yeah, I mentioned Capen and Capen. Um, you know. Their prob their their best chance at gold, no doubt, comes to senior Frank Alberti, who's the reigning champion uh, in the 200 individual medley, and then a three-time state champion in the 100 backstroke, and and that really is you know they, when he hops in the water for the backstroke, that's just a special thing to watch. That kid is is really uh, just become the premier backstroker in, in five through one A, and it'll be a heavy favorite to win uh, his four state title in that event. Uh, he swam. I saw him swim fifty eighty seven at the at the Wichita, Wichita City League meet uh, a couple weeks ago uh, to set the league record there. That's the best time <clears throat> best time in the state this season, and and uh, just an outstanding uh, outstanding performance there. He also set a league mark in a hundred yard butterfly. So that that was another one where okay, here's a kid who's who's the reigning state champion in an event, but he's doing great in in another event. So is there a chance to to change your your uh, your your agenda for state and and he he told me you know after the league meet I, he wasn't sure but he, he like uh, Wallace he decides to go the same route and try to defend the two titles that he won uh won last year and and he'll go into the he'll go back into the 200 IM as the top qualifier uh at 158.7 and and but you know you can take it to the bank he's gonna lower that time uh uh at state and and will be a heavy favorite to to uh, to complete another double gold for Cape and and, and you know if, he, if they can do that and get some other uh, better finishes <clears throat> if they can kind of swim above their sea that that'll give Capen a chance to to move up from their fourth place finish last year. One thing with Capen, uh, their 200 medley relay team got disqualified last year at state, and two of their relays got disqualified at uh, at uh, uh, the city league meet, and it's a it, it's kind of a thing they're really working on their trans on their their handoffs their transition so to speak and and they're trying to make those as precise as possible and i think their their attitude is, even though they won the league meet they still had those dqs in the in the relays and state i think they're kind of viewing that as as they're trying to fine-tune those those transitions and and they're going to need to because those relays uh those relay teams from andover uh from collegiate are, are outstanding and, and to finish high uh, you're going to have to be on your game in, in five through one a. Yeah, the baton pass in uh, in swimming is pretty tough sometimes. <laughs> For and sure, mastering mastering <laughs> that can be a, can be a trick, but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, certainly uh, you know the Wichita area is, it dominates when you take a look at the uh, the top seeds. I think they're they've got the favorite in every event but two uh, going in based off psych sheets and and performance list even. 
even in diving, uh, Andover Andover has the uh, the highest ranked diver in, in Class Five A, and Braden Larson of Andover, um, you know, he's got he's got the highest uh, six and eleven dive score. Um, but outside of outside of the Wichita area, you know, the the one the guy that really stands out is is uh, from my area, and that's Zach Mendez of, of Lansing, and you know, he won the five hundred last year, first uh, first state champion ever for Lansing. Uh, when he won that. And this year, uh, coming back as a junior, man, he has just been impressive. I mean, he he has gone out and, uh, and, and posted some times that are just, okay, is there anybody that can even challenge him? And his, t- his best time this year in the 500 free is a 436.83. You know, that's 14 seconds, almost 14 seconds ahead of the next fastest guy, uh, Clark Young of Andover, the freshman there, and that puts him in the ballpark of challenging the uh, challenging the state meet record that was set by Zeke Metz a few years back uh, from Seaman. He swam a four thirty three fifty two, and you know that every time that five hundred mark gets lowered, you're just like, man, how can anybody go faster? Because sometimes when those guys go out and set those records, it almost looks like they're in a full out sprint the whole time that they're doing it. And yet here Zach Mendez is, and, and he's he's within three seconds. And if you're within three seconds of a of a state meet record going into the meet, you're you're in the ballpark to get it done. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see if Zach can do that. And then he's also the favorite in the two hundred freestyle. His uh you know his best time this year is a is a one forty two seventy nine, and that's good enough for a five almost a five second lead, about four and a half seconds over Jackson Lee of Andover Central, who Scott mentioned earlier. And so you know he's the heavy favorite to win that. He didn't get that title last year, so I'm sure he's hungry to to pull a double gold this year. And and at one forty two, he's within three seconds of uh, the state meet record set by Adam Sandeed a, a couple years ago. Uh, from from Wichita Collegiate, and Sandeed was just a tremendous swimmer. So Zach Mendez just having a really good year. Lansing's had a really good year overall. They won the UKC championships, and and they've got some other guys that have kind of given them a little depth that gives them some uh, gives them a little punch in some of their relays. And so you know, Lansing is a team. I don't know if they have the the complete depth to really maybe challenge for a top three spot. Uh, that'll be tough with the. Uh, with just the depth that the Andover, Capen, and some of those programs bring, but it's been a great season for for Lansing and and uh, Zach Mendez certainly leading the way. And then another potential uh, contender from my area would be uh, Jason Grammer in in diving from Desoto. He comes in uh, having had the second best uh, 11, 11 dive score this year. Uh, he has a four eighteen forty five, which is twelve points behind Braden Larson of Andover. And so, you know, if he can have a really good day, and Larson, uh, you know, maybe doesn't have his best day, uh, Jason Grammer from Desoto is a guy that could could sneak up there and and get into the uh, the title hunt. And another guy, uh, Alex Moeller from uh, from Max area, St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, a very accomplished diver. He's just just under the four hundred mark this year, but expects good things from him at state and he in six dive competition he's actually number two in the state in the six dives so it's just kind of adding uh adding a little bit more with some of those extra dives uh when you when you look at, at state for him but mac any team from the kansas city area you think that uh, can maybe sneak into that uh that top three with with the depth that they have kind of like some of your teams in class six a I think it'll be tough, but if I'm looking at one that has a chance to definitely be in that 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 top five area and could sneak up a bit, 
Um, I, I think Blue Valley Southwest is one that, uh, you know, right now, maybe the uh, each of their best uh, swimmers and in individual events, it's somebody that is going to have a really tough time pushing for first, but it has a good chance to get themselves into a, a, a top three. Uh, Riley Egan, uh, a sophomore in the 200-yard uh, individual medley, uh, you know, right there uh, as a as a third best seed time going into that one and uh you know uh, the, the couple guys like uh Topher Thompson uh, is in the the top four in the the 50 free and uh you know uh Dane uh Winnegar, uh a, a sophomore that uh is 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 you know uh, you talked about the the 500 free nobody's catching Zach Mendez but that battle for second uh he he's right there in that mix and uh then they the real thing is looking at the relays and seeing that uh you know they're they're about top five top six uh seed times heading into each of those and if you can stick with that if you can uh Pass a couple teams and get yourself into the the top three in in, in a one or a couple of those races. Uh, you can very quickly start moving that team score up the board and and uh, get yourself in, in position. And I, I think the big thing for me is looking at it, it. It'll be less if they can sneak in and get the, that top three, and more that when you look at the roster, uh, it's a lot of sophomores, it's a couple juniors, one senior. So what they do in this one, if they can even stay in that top five range. Range, um, and and keep up with it because I mean it's just a really uh, talented when you look at those uh, four teams that uh, Scott talked about from his area that's just going to be very tough to, to beat them out and start moving up that team scoreboard but uh, if you can stay in that mix and get these guys that experience and uh, have all of them come back next year and maybe add in uh, a, a, you know a freshman group that uh, is is good enough to to, to make it to, to state and get you some points there this will be a team that potentially next year has a shot to to really get themselves into that team title conversation. Uh, but yeah, it, it'll be difficult for them to get up there, but that's probably my uh, pick looking at uh, ones from my area, ones that m- should be right there in that mix, at least in the top five. Yep. So uh, great, uh, great swimming on tap this weekend. It, the state swimming uh, on Friday is when the prelims for swimming will start. Class 5 through 1A will start at 9 a.m. Uh, Friday morning with their preliminary swims. And then at 4 p.m., uh, Class 6A hits the pool for their preliminary swims. Then on Saturday, uh, again, five, Class 2 5A will start out the morning session at 9 a.m. We'll have diving finals starting that ahead of the swimming. And then uh, we move into uh, Class 6A. We'll start at 4 p.m. again. Diving will start the first uh, this first event, and then we'll move into the swimming finals. So uh, if you're a swimming fan, uh, Capitan Natatorium and Hummer Sports Park in Topeka is the place to be this weekend. Again, uh, they've already started some diving today. They'll do prelims and semifinals today. Uh, the 5A session started at 9.30 a.m. on Thursday, and then the 6A session started at 4.30 p.m on Thursday as well. And so uh, some great action on tap this weekend. Uh, we might see some meet records, uh, anticipate. We usually see one or two, uh, one or two fall. And uh, I'm sure we'll, we have a shot at seeing some more fall this weekend in Topeka. And then before we, uh, before we close out this podcast, we'll take a look back a little bit at uh, 
the uh, girls regional wrestling that took place last weekend. So we've already set our set our brackets for our state tournaments for girls. Uh, state tournaments to be held next week. And uh, kind of a new format this year for the state tournaments. Instead of having uh, the girls doing uh, doing a earlier in the week and then the boys capping it on the weekend, you know, the past couple of years we've had girls Wednesday, Thursday, and then boys Friday, Saturday. Uh, we're just going three straight days with uh, three three tournaments in Wichita and three tournaments in Salina. So we have Class 6A boys, Class 5A boys, and then Class 6, 5A girls held in Wichita down at the Interest Center there, and or no, at Hartman Arena. And then the class five, four A boys, class three through one A boys, and then the class four through one A girls will be held at the Tony Pizza Event Center in Salina. And our, like I said, our girls brackets are already set. Uh, we had girls regionals last weekend, and uh, you know, as typically is the case at, uh, at regionals, you get you get some surprises, and uh, and there were definitely some out there. And I'll I'll go ahead and start with maybe the biggest surprise for my area was uh, Rossville's Kira Lacock. You know, her and uh, Kendra Hurla have been going all season undefeated, winning every single tournament, uh, big or small, uh, that they've been in this year. They've both been dominant all season, but uh, Kira gets upset at regionals. She gets uh, pinned by Tonganoxie Stella Bradley in the 115-pound uh, semifinals even. It wasn't even a, a championship match. It was a semifinal match, and uh, Tonganoxie Stella Bradley gets her. So that was a huge upset. Uh, that puts, uh, you know, that puts – uh, Lecoq, uh in a in a in a different kind of spot going into uh, into state this year, and and Bradley ended up going ahead and beating Holly Thatcher, a two time state champion, in the finals in that, and so she uh, she claims the top seed going into the uh, into the state tournament this year. But that was a that was a big upset from from my area, and there were a handful of others. Uh, you know, Scott, I, I know you saw a couple uh, from down in your area. You uh, you actually somehow on your scholars bowl day managed to fit in a little girls wrestling as as well uh might as well you were in mcpherson for scholars bowl just stick around and, and catch some wrestling as well and then there was some good action there at that uh at that regional at mcpherson yeah I snuck across town after the after the scholars bowl and, and got to over to mcpherson high school in time for the the finals of the four through one a regional uh girls tournament there and and yeah you're right and really a, a lot of swim or swimmers um, yeah too many sports here a lot of wrestlers from your area brent the in the north central kansas league especially uh that really did well and uh abilene freshman charlie elliott at the 100 uh, weight class uh knocked off a state champion winfield sheena gisella knocked her off in the semifinals and then went on to win uh win that regional and and then uh, in the next weight class clay center's Alyssa cowing this a senior there uh, knocks off Bueller's Kimber Crabs. Crabs had come into the the tournament uh, undefeated, and and uh, uh, Cowling really kind of controlled the match. He ends up winning nine to seven. Uh, Crabs did have a, a a moment there where she she kind of reversed the momentum and and had Cowling in trouble, but but Alyssa did a great job of of taking the early uh, kind of taking control early in, in that in that match. And, and as a senior, you just kind of saw the experience there of, of a, of a wrestler who wasn't uh, intimidated by the moment at all. And, and so she defeats crabs nine to seven and, and takes the title there. Uh, and that, that was probably the one that really kind of caught your eye as far as uh, uh, an upset uh, at, at that regional, just to have that, that unbeaten wrestler go down and, you know, just going through the, the rest of the finals, uh, Mulvane's Leanna Landreth, who, who has had uh uh, you know, just another outstanding season. Um, her only losses to Kendra Hurla from Rossville during the season. She wins. She wins the title uh, at at 120 pounds, defeating Miranda Webb of Pratt, and 
And uh, then a, just a great matchup at, at 125 in the final. Clay Center's Gabby Coppice and then Augustus Jill High meet. You know, those those two were the two finalists last year in that weight class. And and uh, Hill or High from Augusta tries to kind of kind of take takes the, the aggressive role early, but the uh, Coppice is just you can just see the the talent that, that she possesses. She's able to flip the momentum and and improves to thirty two and zero with a with a second period pin. Uh, over high, but those two uh, go look like they're going into state in top form as well. So, uh, you know, just others. Halstead has got a great freshman at 130 in Callan Devine. She she uh, rolls through that bracket, uh, defeats Pratt's Wendy Candy in the final to, to improve to 37 and 0. So she's another one who uh, heading into state is is a newcomer to watch, and I think that's. I guess that's kind of what's catching my eye. And I know if you could rewind last year to our pre-state tournament. Uh, podcast, I probably said that I see growing depth in, in weight classes at the girls level. And I think we just, you know, you can replay that, replay that soundtrack this year. I think uh, we're just kind of seeing where maybe the givens aren't as given as, as uh, in a lot of cases as we thought, just because there's a, there's kind of that influx of young talent that's coming in. And, you know, I think the kind of over at the 6A level, Derby's Amara Issa, uh, two-time state champion, she she wins her regional at Dodge City, um, you know, the, last week, and and she goes in, uh, you know, looking to 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 win her third state title. But on her bracket, I mean, she's going to have to get through a sem- semifinal match, probably, most likely against Newton freshman Brooklyn Treister. And then there's that Treister name that's a familiar name in in, in wrestling circles. And Brooklyn de- de- defeated Amara at the at the Newton tournament of champions earlier this year. So just uh, you know, even a lot of these champions, a lot of these 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 names that have been out there a while that you think, uh, well, they've won two titles. It's, it's an automatic third. I'm not sure we're there uh, in a lot of cases this year. And that's why I'm looking, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to next week at state for sure. Yeah, I agree. You've got, uh, you know, three girls going to become the first Keisha sanctioned four time state champion. You know, we've had other girls that have won four state titles, but uh, some of the state titles came before uh, girls wrestling became a Keisha sanctioned sport. Um, but uh, I think uh, I think all three of them this year um, may may have some serious challenges on their hands. Uh, you know, Kendra Hurlow from Rossville, uh, Scott touched on it, you know, Leanna Lander at the Mulvane, they've had. Uh, her only losses this year to Hurla, but they've been great ones. And one of them, uh, Hurla had to really pull it out late. Uh, I think she scored the winning near fall in the final 10 seconds, which, you know, it, that that's when you got to get a near fall for a win, that can sometimes be a, a tall ask against a, qual- a quality opponent like, like Landreth. And so, you know, if, if they end up making their way to the finals, which I think is what people expect to, would happen, that should be a great match and no given for sure that Kendra Hurla could can can get that four state title and likewise up in the in class six a you know Nicole Redman is going for a fourth and so is a uh, Olivia Steen from Bonner Springs Nicole Redman from Olathe South but you know Redman's taking some losses this year she lost to Herla uh, she lost to Landreth uh, so you know she doesn't have to see them fortunately for her at state but uh, you know it's it that just puts a little chink in the armor or shows a little bit of vulnerability perhaps to, to give another challenger a, uh, you know, a, a heads up or a, a, an, an opening that maybe, Hey, Hey, she is beatable instead of carrying this, uh, this invincible kind of aura about him. And then Steen has lost a couple times this year and she won't be the number one seed 
at her weight class going into state. That instead is going to be Chloe Harris. And then Mac, uh, you know, that uh, that should be an interesting thing at the uh, at the girls 6-5A, watching how that uh, 170 bracket unfolds because Jacqueline Goodman of Leavenworth's in there as well, and she she's one of the girls that have beaten Olivia this season. Yeah, definitely. And, 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 you know, I, I, I had just actually from looking at, uh, the loss Steen had at the, I think it was the Washburn rural, uh, invitational, um, and then, you know, uh, forfeit in the finals, I was actually, uh, reaching out to, uh, the, one of the reporters who covers, uh, the wine dot sports. And, and I was, I was like, do you know, there's an injury that, you know, just double checking. Cause you know, with loss like that, you want, you don't want to read too much into it sometimes uh you know d- depending on uh you know what's happening but uh you know uh, it, it, she's ready to go right now is there injury yada yada but i think uh, having seen steen when the pressure's on and, and i think last year at state when uh was it the girl from valley center that uh had got her on the mat really early uh, in that final uh you know immediately you could just see it was like a gear like something went off with steen and the match changed and she took over got the win uh and and you know it's going to be very tough for even with uh you know the the record 16 and 3 she hasn't had as many matches this year she normally would uh i I think it was a maybe a ruptured eardrum early in the year and 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 just different stuff that uh has kind of limited the start of her season i have to imagine that you know she looked good at regionals by the time uh that gets going i mean it's gonna be tough but uh, as you mentioned jacqueline goodman uh really great wrestler uh chloe harris looked uh really good uh winning her regional title beating uh, uh alina cars from from blue valley west so that's definitely just a really good weight class uh and and it should be interesting to watch i think another one uh that will be pretty good is at 190 um at the the i was at the olathe north regional and and uh avery feedback uh, uh of spring hill she ends up getting uh first there and beats Olathe Northwest Val Galligan and we know Val is an amazing uh, softball player and, and, and uh, javelin thrower and, and discus and, and she uh, the, her has done amazing stuff in, in track and field um, but uh, she had a wrist injury to start the year so she's her record right now is five and one uh, she made it to the 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 finals and ends up losing a 3-0 decision to, to feedback but uh, when, when you take those two and you start uh, you know just looking in at, at the different ones at, at 190 uh, and then you you got other ones like uh, I remember just from Bob Bobcat Classic scene, uh, Baser Linwood's Izzy Renfro uh, as a as a sophomore is really putting it together right now. Uh, that there's a lot at 190 that uh, it should be uh, very interesting, and I'm just knocking out the top weight classes right now. Is I, I think uh, I, I think earlier in the year I said for 235, Olathe North's Haley Conley, a senior who, you know, uh, other than not being able uh, to to uh, get over last year's state 
champion at 235. Uh, Hannah Jackson, 11 worth was just on another level last year, but Haley Conley has looked like she's been in the driver's seat, but she's also, uh, gone up, uh, against some, some tough challengers. And uh, another one is, uh, Karen Rodriguez, uh, Gardner Edgerton senior that, uh, this is, I don't know, probably their third or fourth matchup this year. And, uh, I saw it at the Bobcat classic and, 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 and Conley really just kind of, uh, you know, held off for a points victory at the end of that one. But this one went one, one to, to end their, uh, uh, you know, uh, regulation time and they 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 go into to to sudden victory and 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 conley ends up uh take not only taking her down but but getting the the pin there uh and like that that one it's one where you can feel confident about Haley conley because of the year she's had she's 39 and two she's looked uh amazing out there uh but in terms of you know easily could have gone the other way and it won't just be karen rodriguez that she's gonna have to deal with uh at state so uh that will be an interesting one that it may be earlier in the year i felt a little more confident thinking that uh Conley was just the clear front runner, but it's always just, you know, one wrong move can, can really flip it and, and, uh, you know, upset the bracket there. So, uh, I think that one will be very interesting, but, uh, I, I think, you know, for me, uh, looking, I think a lot of, uh, add into Olathe North, Kaylin Hitchcock at 135 is looking like she's in a, a good spot there, 41 and three this year. Olathe North, I think, has nine, uh, state qualifiers. Uh, so they should be able to get themselves in the mix. And then one that has maybe doesn't have, uh, quite the depth, but definitely had that top end power. Uh, Spring Hill, uh, had an amazing, uh, regional there with, with three rest wrestlers in the finals and all three end up picking up uh the the victory uh it was very fun to watch gracie uh apo uh campbell mermis and uh i mentioned earlier avery feedback so uh really great showing from 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 spring hill there but yeah definitely a, a lot of uh talented wrestlers all all across 6a from my area and and uh you know th- this year it should be very fun to watch it with you know i'm going to be a little sad as, as we're trying to split between the three the the, the uh boys wrestling having the, the those and then having the, the the girls right there it's great for girls wrestling it could be difficult as a, a journalist trying to keep up and i'm just gonna be constantly looking over at the other mat like what's happening over there but uh should be a lot of great stuff happening uh, yeah for sure you know mac was talking about 235 how conley uh conley's got some challenges one of them will come from trinity williams of of Derby, she's one of four girls in Class Six Five A who's undefeated uh, this year. Trinity Williams has an eighteen and zero record for Derby this year. Your other undefeateds in Class Six Five A are Juliana Villanueva at one fifteen. She's thirty six and zero. She was a state champion last year when we knew her as Brie Villanueva, but this year she's Juliana Villanueva. So um, another returning state champions are of, of our Avery Johnson from Leavenworth. She's 32-0 and 0 at 145 this year. And then Sage Rosario of Manhattan, she's 24-0 and 0 this year at 155 pounds. She's undefeated in her career uh, and, and really is one of the most dominant wrestlers I've ever seen. Just no matter who she's wrestling, 
she just she goes out and just manhandles that that match and she is just just a beast uh, so if you if you ever wanted to see uh, see someone like her i mean go down to wichita this this next week because she's something to something to watch and then you know just four undefeateds in class six five a but we got nine undefeateds in class four through one a including two weight classes where we've got two undefeateds uh in them um, at, at 125 uh scott talked about gabby coppice of of Clay Center against Jill High, you know, in a rematch of last year's championship match. Well, Gabby's 32-0, and like Sage Rosario, undefeated in her career uh, as a junior. And then Brooklyn Byrne, Heidi, uh, of Rock Creek, is also 32-0 at 125 pounds. Uh, Brooklyn took third last year at State, uh, lost in the semifinals. So she'll be hungry to, to get back to the finals this year. So both of them are 32-0 and at 125 pounds. And then uh, Scott had also talked about Halsted Callan Devine at 130 pounds, being 37 and 0, exact same rate, record as Amanda Yeager from Colby, also at 130 pounds. Uh, you know, she was a state champion last year, and Ricky, you know, she was she was impressive in winning last year, and this year, uh, looks like she might have her hands full with this freshman. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, last year, I last year she flew under the radar. I really thought, you know, she up until she got to regionals, I. I don't think she had the competition she would have liked. I mean, she was just kind of – she was able to really con- dominate and control her opponents. And then, um, you know, she kind of got an upgrading competition at regionals. And then at state last year, she just she just looked really, really sharp. I mean, she not only did she win, but she won convincingly, especially, especially in that final. So, um, you know, this year it'll be kind of interesting to see um, – you know, how she kind of responds with that target on her back. She did get a good a good uh, win in the regional final against a, a pretty good wrestler in Deja Jones from Hoisington. So, um, yeah, that's an intriguing wait for, wait for me. Um, and then um, also another returning champion at, at 140 in Caden Haig. Um, you know, kind of a similar thing. Uh, you know, Caden got off to a really good start her freshman her freshman year. Um, sophomore year maybe kind of took a little I don't know I don't know if she took a little bit of a step back but um, you know I think she was runner-up her freshman year uh, and like maybe fifth or sixth or sophomore year and then as a junior um, you know I think she came into her weight maybe ranked like fifth and she she turned in a really really strong tournament as well and you know that was a really exciting moment for her to be able to get that state championship um, you know she's she's wrestled really well 32 and one uh, got a good win in the final against destiny Gonzalez who's been around she's an accomplished wrestler wrestler for Goodland so um, yeah it'll be interesting to see if uh, if she can repeat. Um, and then, um, a couple other ones that I'm kind of looking at in my area, um, Jaden and I, uh, took a runner up last year to, uh, to, uh, Kira Mullen from Smoky Valley. And that was a really enter- entertaining match, uh, probably one of the highlights of the finals. Um, Jaden got off to a good start in the first period in that match. And then, uh, Kira came you know, turned it around and was able to pin her in the, in the second period. But Jaden, Jaden's looked really, really sharp this year. Um, you know, I talked to her earlier at the Hayes tournament, uh, and you know, she, she put on, she put on a bunch of muscle and she's, she's really, really, really wrestling well. So I'll be interested if she can kind of break through and get that, that first, uh, that first championship, uh, 
And then, um, you know, I think we got to talk a little bit about Oakley as well. Um, they were able to get that, that team title um, in the regional at Scott City. And, um, you know, I, I think them and Rossville have been 1-2 for most of the year, and they've they flip-flopped a couple of times. Uh, I know right before regionals, Oakley was able to leapfrog them and, and get into the number one spot. And it's just been – it's just been a really, really good year for Oakley. Um, their depth really got bolstered this year. Uh, Callie Wagoner, who who wrestled for – well, she wrestled with Trigo last year, but she was from Quinter. Uh, this year she's with Oakley, and she's number one at uh, at 155. And then, uh, and then Abigail Jackson, you know, and is has been kind of in the mix at 130, and Kylie Hodges at 115, and then obviously, uh, you know, Atavia Kane, uh, she she would have been a state champ if not for you know having to run last year, if not for having to run into a really good uh, wrestler in Minneapolis is uh, Grace Johns, who I, I'm guessing is is not out this year because I haven't or just injured or something because I haven't seen. Uh, anything from her so that really opens it up for Otavia Kane to kind of be the favorite at, at, at 170 but uh, yeah I think I, I, I don't know about you Brent but I'm really intrigued by that that team race and and four through 1a uh, you know Rossville obviously they're going to have uh, kids that can score rack up a lot of points and and Lecoq and Hurla but uh, you know, maybe Oakley might have a little bit of bit better depth. I mean, I think that's going to be something to watch. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, Rossville has some of the heavy hitters with uh, Lecoq, Herla, and then even uh, Haley Horton's had a really strong year. She's been ranked number one at that point the time this year at, at 155 pounds. Uh, she's going to certainly be in the mix at 155. It's a it's a weight class that you know really doesn't have a lot of uh, the the big names so to speak in it uh, this year so you know she can have a have a good state tournament uh, she certainly you know Rossville can get 3 in the finals that's a that helps kind of overcome some the depth of some of these teams like Oakley and Chanute well, you know last year's uh, state champion uh, Baldwin or teams like that that Pratt you know teams that just really rely on their numbers as much as as having those those premier wrestlers uh, out front leading the way and so you know if Rossville can can get three in the finals and then maybe get a few points from uh, from their other qualifier that'll that'll help them out but uh, yeah Oakley looks really good on paper uh, you talked about Atavia Kane uh, you know she's one of two undefeateds in, at 170 I, I I said there were two weight classes I was wrong there's three weight classes where there's a pair of undefeateds and uh, and that, that could be a swing swing match if uh, if if it works out in the finals, where Kylie Dillo from Chanute is forty and zero, and Atavia Kane is thirty three and zero, uh, and both those teams have the potential of, of challenging for a team title. So you never know; the team championship might come down to that match if those two can make it to the uh, to the state finals uh, there. Because you know Chanute has some depth. They got Caden Axelson, who is thirty eight and one at one hundred and twenty pounds. They've got uh, the uh, Reese Clements is a really strong wrestler. They're probably not quite as deep as they were a, a year ago when they only had one in the finals, but just used their depth on the backside to really get that that state championship won. But uh, but uh, Chanute's going to be going to be in the mix uh, this weekend, I think. And then obviously Oakley with uh, with their standouts. Uh, some of the other undefeateds in in uh, in class four through one A. We talked about Dilla. We talked about Divine and Jay Yeager. 
both 37-0. Kendra Hurla, 34-0. Jaden Nye Russell, who Ricky talked about, she's 34-0. Otavia Kane, 33-0. Uh, Brooklyn Byrne, Heidi, and Gabby Coppas, each 32-0. and 0. And then Chapman's Alyssa Kalovich, a sophomore. She was a state champion last year. Uh, she's undefeated this year, 30-0 and 0, uh, at 110 pounds. And so nine undefeated girls in Class 4 through 1A, four undefeated girls in Class 6 through 5A, and some really good others, just one loss. Uh, Santa Fe Trail's Haley Crossland uh, was upset last year, thought she thought she was going to make it to the finals, uh, got upset by Destiny Gonzalez, and, and they had gone back and forth all year last year. You know, she's on a she's on a mission to to maybe uh, challenge uh, challenge the um, for that 145 title this year. Um, Kinsey Rogers from Chase County, first time ever Chase County had a regional champion. She's 34 and one at 110 pounds this year. Uh, Abby Bren from Winfield's 30 and one. Her older brother uh, won a state title for Winfield a couple years ago. Uh, Leanna Pats and McLeod. 28 and one. And, and so there's some, just some great, uh, great wrestlers. And like Scott said, the depth of depth of girls wrestling just continues to grow. And uh, that four through one, a tournament should be a great tournament. Same for six, five, a, you know, Dodge city, Washburn rural have kind of battled it out. Uh, Garden city in the mix a little bit for that team title um, and, and coming off strong regional performances, Washburn rural wins its regional again. Uh had a regional champion and Molly Spader and Tani Roten, uh, a couple others, but uh, you know, their depth, Washburn Rural just kills you with their depth. And that's what they have They're, I believe they're the largest girls wrestling program in the nation with their total numbers in their program. And they, it, they, they lose somebody and they just plug another body in and Damon Parker always seems to get the most out of their team. So that'll be a, that'll be a fun battle between them and Dodge city for the, uh, for the 6-5A state title this year with, you know, potentially some others maybe sneaking up into that mix and, and, and throwing their name in, in the, in the ring there. But uh, we'll have, uh, we'll have boys regional wrestling is on tap this weekend uh, to punch their tickets to the state tournaments as well. And so when we come back next week, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the boys, uh, boys qualifiers and what the boys state tournaments look like. But uh that's uh, that's a look at girls wrestling. We've looked at boys swimming, which is on tap this weekend, and uh, and then we'll get it into some bowling and basketball as uh, as some of these sports uh, start to wind down and those sports get uh, get closer to their state championships. But uh, um, that wraps up uh, pretty much everything for this week. One uh, one thing we would want to mention is uh, the deadline is rapidly approaching for the. Uh, the True Blue Scholarships. Uh, if you go to our website, check that out. Uh, you know, we award scholarships for every single activity the case is sponsored, every sport, every activity, uh, $2,000 scholarship to winners in each of those. So if you haven't, uh, there's still time left, but time is ticking on that. So uh, please get your, uh, please get, uh, get those submissions in if you want to get some uh, potential scholarship uh, help for college next year. Um, you know, students to get it in or, or administrators, parents, whoever, whoever's listening, whoever wants to get those submissions into us, uh, that, that rapid, that deadline is rapidly approaching. And so, uh, anything else guys, we, we certainly covered a lot, uh, maybe not a, a broad spectrum of sports, but, uh, what, what we covered, we certainly, uh, certainly hit a lot and threw a, a lot out there at you. Yeah, I guess we need to save <clears throat> save some for later. I, I'll give a quick shout out for the before the news gets too old. A shout out to Riley Lambeth, the Salina South Bowler, uh, the reigning five through one A champion. She became the first girl to roll a three hundred in Kansas this season, and and rolled a seven oh nine series and at the end over 
uh, tournament last week. So I, you know, I didn't want the cobwebs to form on news like that. Congratulations to her. She does lead the state uh, in class five through one A or class five A with a, or, or, I'm sorry, in all classes with a 205 average. So uh, shout out to her on on that. And and like you said, bowling with a, a lot of league tournaments going on this week, and then the regionals next week, and and. Uh, uh, by the end of February, we'll we'll have uh, state champions in those sports. But uh, just wanted to point that one out. Yeah, absolutely. And then and, and there's been also five boys that have rolled 300s uh, so far this year. We've documented some of those on on Keisha Covered. Uh, Cody Spangler, Washburn Rural uh, had had one. Dayton Cunningham of Andover Central. Evan Clark of Derby, Benny Labella of St. Thomas Aquinas, and Nate Ebner of Olathe South are your boys that have 300 series. And yeah, we've got some uh, le- a bunch of league uh, league bowling finishing up this week. I know some started last week or earlier this week. Uh, Seaman swept the United Kansas Conference titles. Uh, we got a bunch more league bowling, and then regionals will be held. Uh, next week, um, and <laughs> it would just keep stacking, uh, stacking competition upon competition, and uh, it's a lot for a lot for us and a lot for everybody else. But uh, that's what we're here for to highlight all these athletes. And so, um, with that, uh, also check check out our True Blue Students of the Week. Uh, each week, we we publish those online. We've had some really great ones here lately. Uh, just came out with one yesterday of Rock Creek's Aiden Lewandowski, a very accomplished pianist, uh, both as a performer and a composer, and uh, truly uh, truly a phenomenal talent in the in the piano world. Uh, we've had some other really good ones uh, here lately as well, so check those out on Keisha Covered as well, uh, brought to you by CapFed. Uh, you know, those are really nice features on kids that, that don't necessarily uh, get the limelight that they deserve, but that's our, that's what we do with our True Blue Students of the Week is highlight those those kids doing great things in their in their schools and in their communities. And so with that, uh, I will sign off for us uh, for Scott Pask, Mac Moore, and Ricky Peterson. This is Brent Maycock saying thanks. We will come back to you again next week uh, as we're in our championship podcast mode where we're coming at you at you weekly. So we will see you again uh, next week uh, to recap state swimming and, and preview state wrestling.